Well, upstate New York, where I'm from, uh, there's this, uh, this, this Little League baseball game going on, and uh, little, little leaguers, and, and one of the older brothers of one of the kids that was playing was the bat boy, and so he would run out and get the bats, and he'd be hanging around, and well, one of the kids swung his bat and hit the older brother in the chest, and immediately he just went down. Heart stopped beating, and, and, and there was silence, as you can imagine, like just complete silence, and, and this kid just laying there. I mean, he's just a little kid. In the crowd is a lady. Her name is Penny, and she's a nurse. And so she comes running onto the field. And she begins CPR, and she brings this little guy back to life. He goes to the hospital, and he's doing fine. And, uh, and, and, and that, it was just a, a beautiful moment of somebody saving somebody's life. Skip forward years later. In Depew, New York, where I used to go, we used to rent the ice and play hockey in Depew. Same town, in a restaurant, this lady, Penny, is now, you know, a little bit older, 10 years have gone by, and she's in this restaurant in Depew, New York, eating, and something gets lodged in her throat, and so she's, like, choking, and she's, like, panicking, and this thing isn't coming out, and everyone in the restaurant now is kind of figuring out something's going on, and, and nobody knows what to do. There's panic over the whole restaurant, and she's just, like, she can't breathe. She's, she's about to, like, be like go black black out and so they remember that in the back room in the in the kitchen is this one of the workers in the back and he's a, a volunteer firefighter and so they call him and he comes out and he performs the Heimlich maneuver on this lady and it then comes dislodged and he saves her life it's just an incredible story of two people who saved each other's life Penny who saved the little boy's life years ago was now saved by the same boy that she saved. His name was Stefan. And when they called him out her and he performed the Heimlich, he performed the Heimlich on the lady that saved his life. How cool is that? This is true stories. Two true stories. I mean, how insane is that? I mean, it's a beautiful picture of like two people who like saved each other. And they didn't even really even know each other. But they saved each other's life. And what we're talking about today is community. And, and when, what community is this? And we're going to dig into this. And I hope, I hope you'll be just pumped up by this. But community is people who carry each other. People who carry each other. Let's pray. God, we just pray that you would speak to our hearts in this time together as we open your word. As we read scripture. As we think about what it means to be your community. God, a community that you look at and, and is good and pleasing to you because we live together in harmony and love one another. We work together and we're getting to know each other. And, and not only that, God, but that we're becoming a community that the world can see and will want to be a part of. And that they'll find you, that others would believe because of, because of this community, that others will want to be a part of that because of the love they see here. God, help us to be that. Move all of us into doing whatever it is we need to do to make that happen. God, we love you so much. We give you thanks. Speak to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Community is people who carry each other. So getting to know each other, it takes some effort, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't just happen accidentally, right? I mean, when, if, if people are going to get to know each other, they got to work at it. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes desire. you got to want this to happen, right? 
I mean, you do. It isn't just going to happen automatically because people sit in churches all around our country every day for lots of years and never get to know each other. That is not what God intended the church to be about at all. It's not what it's supposed to be. What it's supposed to be is people who come together and love each other and they share life together and they're getting to know each other deeply like and caring each other, like in important ways, important ways. So as we begin to really be, you know, God's people, uh, there, there's going to be, as, as we keep moving towards this kind of idea, this community that God really wants us to be, there's going to be opportunities for you to carry someone else, really carry somebody else. I don't mean on a surface way, I mean in a deep way, like truly carry others. And the Word of God like instructs us in a number of ways of how we are to carry each other. And I want to share some of those with you. Three things that the, the Word of God teaches us to, to do. The first one is found in Galatians chapter 6. So go to Galatians 6 with me. We're going to look at a verse. We're going to share a little bit in it, and we're going to move on to the next one, okay? Galatians chapter 6. Great passage of Scripture. And we're just going to read verse 2 to start. Verse 2 says this. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, did you get it? Bear one another's burdens. Say that to yourself in your own heart and just say that. Bear one another's burdens, bear one another's burdens. Some translations use the word carry. Carry each other's burdens. And what does that mean? That means to to take someone else's burden upon yourself. Right? That's simply what it means. It means you have a problem, I'm going to come in and I'm going to help carry that weight with you. <laughs> we don't do that very well, do we? We're good at praying for everybody and their brother, but get down there and carry their burden with them? We don't have time. Too busy. Got my own world to work out. But the scripture says, if we're going to be a community of people who carry each other, then, then we are to, to bear one another's burdens, right? The heavy loads of other people we are to help carry. And the only way I can really do that is if I'm free to carry them, right? If I'm so weighed down by my own stuff, how am I going to help you with yours, right? How is that ever going to happen? It's not. I have to, I have to be free in Christ myself. I have to have time and be available to be able to even do that. So sometimes maybe what we need to do is lighten our own load however we have to so that we have the ability to carry other people's burdens so we're not so weighed down by our own. So what are heavy loads and what are heavy burdens? These are the things that sometimes we do to ourselves, right? Mistakes we made, things we've done to us, difficulties that come our way, weaknesses, bad decisions, transgressions, right? That's what these burdens are. They're things that we do that cause us to be weighed down, right? And, and, and what, it, what, it, what this means is, is when we carry each other's burdens, we are like, we're taking, in a way, we're taking the blow for somebody else. We're, we're getting in there and we're bringing relief to them, right? And a, and a good picture of this is when Jesus, remember, was carrying his cross and, and, and the weight of all the sin and the weight of all the pain and, and the beating as he's making his way to Golgotha. And remember, they had Simon from Cyrene carry the cross for Jesus, Remember that? 
That's this idea of, of bearing one another's burdens, that he actually carried that cross for Jesus. That's what it means to bear one another's burdens. See, and when we do, the passage says, when we do, what we're doing is we're fulfilling the law of Christ. When we bear one another's burdens, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? Well, nobody really knows exactly what it is. It doesn't explain in the Bible, but the best that scholars can come up with is this. To love the Lord your God and to love others. The law of Christ. And when we bear one another's burdens, we're doing that. We're loving God and we're loving others, right? We're actually fulfilling the law of love or the law of Christ. Now, let's look at the context of where this verse comes from because there's a few things there we want to point out. So verse 1, here's what, here's what Paul is talking about that leads into this passage about bearing one another's burdens. He says, brothers and sisters, if someone, now get this, this is deep, if someone is caught in a sin... Okay, this is not just, you know, made a bad decision. This is not, you know, some kind of surface problem you're having. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. And he says, but watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. And so in this bearing one another burdens, there must be this attitude of humility that I am no better than you. I am a sinner saved by the grace of God, just like you are. And maybe you're trapped in a sin, but I'm going to come down there with you and I'm going to help you carry that. That's deep, isn't it? And that's deeper than we want to go. right? That's deeper than most people in churches ever will go. But this is what Jesus says that we should do, that we are to carry each other's burdens. And what he's talking about is not helping somebody, you know, uh, cut up their firewood, as nice as that might be. It's talk, he's talking about things that are deep and, and, and could lead to hell, sin, things that are, are important and, and meaningful. He says, if anyone thinks there's something when they're nothing, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. So we, we should do that. Carry our own load. Everyone should contribute equally, but always be ready to help others out when they fall into trials or they fall into temptation or they fall into a trap. We're, we, we should have the kind of relationship in the community of God that we can share that with somebody and we can carry that with someone. I, I hope one day we'll get there. And, and you may be there with some people. You might have some people in the church or some friends that you might have that you are so close to, you've known them a long time, and you truly can't share anything with them. But I would say most people don't have most people don't have somebody that they could really share like the sin of their heart with. That's deep, isn't it? Bear burdens. That's what, that's, what, um, that's what it means to be a community that carries each other. If we're really going to carry each other like that soldier, like the image of that soldier, then we're going to bear burdens for others. Right? We're going to help carry them. That's what we're going to do. All right, second thing, number two. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If we would flip over there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18. 
We want to carry one another. That's, that's the goal, is in a community of God, to be God's people, we're to carry each other, right? And that's what we want to do, carry each other. Okay, not just put up with each other, right? But truly carry each other, right? It's, it's, the, it's a picture of, um, you know, a family, like a, a mom and dad and kids. And, and when the kids are struggling, you, you don't just yell at them or bark out orders at them. You, you spend time figuring out what's going on, right? You get to know them. You, you spend time finding out what's happening. Why, why is this going on? Why are you having a struggle? Why are you stumbling over something? And you take the time to get to know. You, don't, you treat this like it's important to them. And that's what it means to carry each other. Second, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18, Therefore, he says, Paul says, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, we're just going to stop right there for a minute. Comfort one another. That's the second thing. That's what community does. They comfort each other. Again, this takes time, right? All these things are going to take time. It doesn't, it's not going to happen uh, by accident. It isn't going to happen by just coming together in the same room for an hour and a half a week. You are not going to get to know each other by just doing that. If that's all you do, this is never going to happen. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so com- true community, if we really want to be the community that God wants his people to be, then we have to understand that it's going to take time being around each other. Comfort one another, he says. That's the second thing. Comfort one another. This is what community looks like. People who encourage each other. People who lift each other up. People who comfort one another, right? Like really, like instilling courage, in- injecting it in someone else, taking the time to do that, to impart in someone else what they may be lacking at the moment like really you know you see your brother struggling and you take the time to get to be with them whatever if it's right there at the moment you do it if it's sometime that week you set it up you know I know we all have schedules we all have lives I I get it but if we're not taking the time to encourage our brothers spending time getting to know one another then we're not being the community that God has called us to be. It's just that simple. Right? And, I, and, I, and we don't get it right. You know, I blow it all the time. Some, if somebody has a problem and I'm sensing they've got an issue, I, I try to get together with them. I try to say, hey, let's go have coffee or let's meet together. But I blew it this week. I was with a lady and uh, I was cutting her tree. And, and she was, you know, sometimes you get so caught up in the mission that you forget what's really important, what you're really there for. And I, and I go, you know, to New Bern to cut trees, not for to cut trees. I don't care about the cutting of the trees. What I care about is meeting people and being with the person. And I had an opportunity to pray with the lady, and I didn't take it. Like, I, everything in me was saying, pray with her. And for some reason, I was like, I, I have to get to the tree. Like, the tree was more important than her. It does, doesn't it? We do it all the time. And that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about the person, right? Not the tree. It's supposed to be about the people, not this building, or anything in it, or anything about it. It's all going to perish, right? It's all going to be gone one day. And what's most important to God is that we are becoming a community of people who comfort one another, who see each other. We don't just come in the room and see beyond everyone or over everyone. We look and we see each other. And we comfort one another, right? And we bear one another's burdens. That's what he's saying. And this can't happen from a distance. 
It won't happen from a distance, like, like, like from across the room. It involves an attitude of openness, right? And being available, making yourself available and, and welcoming, right? We got to be welcoming. God won't even go where he's not welcome. He's not going to come and force himself upon you, right? We have to, like, God, be welcomed in this place. We want you here. Well, we have to be the same way toward one another if this community is ever going to happen. It can't happen from a distance. Courage is applied up close and personal, okay? Not just on the surface. You know, we, we, you know churches are, are really good. Every church I've ever been at, we're really good at having prayer lists. Prayer lists. And I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for people, but sometimes we just use that as an excuse to avoid us, right? We're going to pray for my aunt, we're going to pray for my cousin down the street, and we're going to pray for all these people, but don't ask me about me. I'm fine. Really? Are you really? No, we're not. We're not fine. There's all kinds of stuff going on in our heart. There's all kinds of stuff that we're struggling with, and we won't let anyone there. But, but I've got a list of people we can pray for to kind of like distract everyone, look over there and let's pray for them, but not me. And, and, Paul, and Paul is saying, and God is saying to us, look, if you're going to be truly the community of God that loves each other and bears one another's burdens and comforts each other, then you've got to get down deep where it matters most. It's not going to happen on the surface. Let's look at the context of this passage right here. Comfort one another. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Most of you know what the context how Paul says, for the Lord himself, look at the context, it's the second coming of Jesus, how awesome is this? The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a, cloud, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, a lot of that is like, okay, I kind of can get this stuff. I, I understand what this means, okay? Lord's going to come down. He's going to come from heaven. There's going to be some loud command. Somehow we're all going to hear it. There's going to be the voice of the archangel. That's going to be amazing, and there's going to be this trumpet call of God, and then the dead in Christ is going to rise first. Not sure what that's going to look like, but that's okay. I don't need to know. After that, we who are still alive, so Jesus is going to come while people are still walking the earth, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next year, who knows. And, and those who are alive are left, will be caught up together with them in the air. So how, somehow we're going to meet those who are dead in the air with the Lord on that day. And, and so we'll be with the Lord then forever, right? We're going to enter eternity. We're going to enter heaven at that point. And he says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. So in the midst of all of the despair, in the midst of the things that we're struggling with on this earth, in the midst of the trials and the pain and all of the temptation and and we fall and we sin and we mess up, in the midst of that all, we are to remind one another that Jesus is coming back and our hope and our comfort is found in that. That's the only place it's going to ever be. But you know, if we don't get to know one another, and truly share what's going on in our hearts, then we can't apply that hope where it matters most. And we can talk about it all day up here, but this is not what God's looking for. He's looking for us to go deep with him and with each other and with one another. Look around, look around, bring comfort to one another, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing, bringing comfort to other people. And the third thing is this, Uh, Flip with me over to James chapter 5. James 5. 
It's about to get a little deeper. He says, bear one another's burdens. He says, comfort one another. Okay, this is what community looks like. This is what the community of God should look like. This is God saying, look, if you really want to be my community, this is what you should look like. You should be bearing one another's burdens. Are you doing that? Maybe a little. Maybe sometimes. Not enough, though. All of us would agree, probably not enough. Like, I can't bear your burdens because I don't even know you over there. I know my little circle that sits next to me. I know my people. But we got to know more than that, right? We need to get out of our own little circle and bear one another's burdens and comfort one another. James chapter 5, verse 16, look what he says. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Wow. True community, true community of God. They know each other so well. They know each other so well that they feel free and they feel safe to share even sin, the sin of their heart, things that they do that they shouldn't do, the lust of the flesh, the things that are going on deep within our own hearts, every one of us in this room, that we will never tell a soul because it's too close, it's too deep, right? It's too painful. It's like, I can't share that and let that out. I'll get stepped on. They won't, they won't, they won't, they won't, I can't trust anyone with this. I'll tell God. God already knows. I'll tell him. But I'm not telling any other person. Right? And that's where we're at. be honest with you, that's where the church is. That's where people are. Right? We're all going to be nice and private. I'll let you in up to a point, but that's as far as you go. And what God is saying to us this morning, you guys, is this. Is if you're truly going to be the community, then you've got to figure out a way to go deeper. Figure out a way to go a little deeper and to confess. He says, true community knows each other so well that we're free and safe to confess your sins to one another. And confess means simply this, to admit your sin, to acknowledge your sin to somebody else. Wow. To talk together and to come clean. This is so important to God and it's so important to us. And the reason that we are struggling, many of us, with our lives and we can't find freedom and we can't find like uh, hope is because we're holding too much in and we're not releasing it and letting it go and sharing it so that God can do something about it. I don't know about you, but this kind of a relationship it will need uh, to have a pretty strong foundation in order for me personally, John Napple, for me to share anything that deep with someone else, there better be trust and there better be a foundation that I, can, that I can trust and I can count on. That I know that you're going to, like that soldier, you're going to carry me. You're not going to drop me. You're not going to dump me. You're not going to like reveal to the world what I have done. And this is going to take time, right? This, is, this kind of thing is going to take time. Trust and understanding. See, this is the big goal for God's people, for God's church. And this is the direction that we need to move to be the kind of community that can truly share with one another and get to know each other, not keep people at an arm's distance. And God is saying to you, and he's saying to me this morning, that when we get to this level of community, when you can share deeply your struggles and your faults and your sins, and then together with someone else, you can pray in a meaningful way, here's what happens. God honors that. And you know what comes? Healing. Healing comes when you have somebody that you can share your sin with, who you can be vulnerable with, who you can open up with, and God heals there. 
The reason you're not healed is because everything we do is up here. We don't want to go there. It's too scary. It's, it's fearful. And what, what, it, what it's going to take is us to engage. We've got to engage. You've, you've heard the, the, the saying, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? We all get it. We all know what that means. We can, as a church, we can create all kinds of opportunities for us to come together, to share together, to do events, to reach the world, to reach the community. But if you don't engage, it won't matter. We can, we can provide the opportunity. We can try to be a community as best we can. I could stand up here every week and just try to share what it means to be a community. But if you and I, if we don't engage, it won't matter. We all have to put in the effort. Let's look at the context, and we're going to wrap it up. Context of this passage in James is this. Verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So up to this point, just do it. Just do whatever this says. This is the scripture. This is the word of God. Just do it, right? Just do it. You're sick? Call the elders. Get prayed for. They'll bring the oil. They'll, they'll, they'll anoint you. Now, some of you have probably been sick and needed that to happen, but you didn't do it. Why not? Don't answer that. Okay? Don't answer that. We all know why not, right? Because we don't want to bother them. I'm not saying this is a selfish thing that you're not, you don't do this. I'm just saying you don't want to bother people. That's how, kind of how I am. I don't want to bother anybody with anything. Right? I can handle it. I'll live. Rub some dirt on it. Right? But, but the Bible says, look, if you're sick, call the elders. They'll come. They'll put oil on you, anoint you with oil, and they'll pray over you, and we'll just be obedient to the Word of God. Just do what the Word says. That's what we want to do. Just do what the Word of God says. If you're happy, sing praises. If you're suffering, then pray together and, and, and work it out, right? Just do what the Word says. Verse 15, And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. So there's that confession part again, right? That's that sharing, that, that getting to know people so deep that you're willing to just share things that are meaningful to you. Verse 16, Therefore, Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Wow, just, just all we got to do is just do it, right? Just do what the Word says, right? And this, is not, this, is, this is really simple, and yet it's so hard. It's so hard, right? It's so difficult to do because we just have a hard time opening ourselves up. And I'm not saying get up here and blab to everybody everything you've ever done. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about like doing that in, your, in the Bible study group, in, this, in your small group class. I'm just saying we all need a few people that we are really getting to know better, deeper. Taking time to get to know. You know, walking in their shoes. They walk in your shoes. You just, and, and, and getting to the point where you feel like you can really share things that matter. Because until you get there and pray there, healing won't come. It's only going to pray, happen down there where we get deep with God and we get deep with one another. So this sounds like a lot to remember, right? It sounds like a lot to kind of, okay, carrying one another. How do I do that? Well, here's how easy this is. This is how easy God made it. Just remember these three letters, B, C, C. How easy is that, right? Here we go. Bear one another's burdens. 
Simple, right? Bear one another's burdens. That's it. It's about like lightening the load for other people. Get to know them and lighten the load. C stands simply for comfort each other, right? That means compassion, right? It has to do with like understanding. It has to do with spending time. It has to do with like making yourself available to each other. Do that. B, C, and the last C is confess. So it's that simple. Like community, carrying each other is just as simple as, as bearing one another's burdens, comforting one another, and, and confessing to each other. And that means going deep, right? Getting to going deep with people. And when you go deep with them, what happens when, when you are able to talk it out, you release it, right? It's, just like, it's like letting the pressure out of your soul when you have somebody that you can share deep things with. It's like just relieving that pressure in your life. Not that God can't forgive that without that. He sure can. But I'm saying God has called us to be that relief valve for each other, to, to get there and to relieve the pressure for one another. And why does community mean carry one another? Why does it mean that as a community we, we must carry each other? Why is this so important to God and God's people? Well, there's a lot of reasons. But I say, I think Isaiah said it best. Isaiah said it best in uh, Isaiah chapter 53. Check this out. I'm going to read some of the verses in Isaiah, and we're going, to, we're going to close with this, okay? Check it out. Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 6. Look what he says. He was despised. And just let these words sink into your heart as we think about being a community that carries each other. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain, and he bore our suffering. Yet, he, yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 10. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his, his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the, and the will of the Lord will, will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear the iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressor. So we... We carry each other, and it's so important to the Lord that we carry each other, each other's burdens and comfort one another and confess to each other and get down deep with each other. And the main reason is because Jesus did this for you. Right? He carried the cross for you. He carried your sins in his body and nailed them to the cross. And if we're going to be the body of Christ, the true community of Jesus who did that, then we must act like that. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And God, you have carried all of our sin, all of our burdens, everything we have ever done and will ever do. You've already taken care of it, God, in the cross. Your blood covers it all. And now 
You call us as your body, as your church, as your people to come together and, and continue to live in that very same attitude. That we would bear each other's burdens, God. That we would comfort one another and, and truly get to know each other and, and trust one another and build trust and take the time and be available and all the things that it requires to, to really be your people that are headed for eternity and understand that everything in the world that we deal with now isn't going to last. It's all temporary. So God, help us set our sights on the things that are eternal and the people who are moving in that direction and help us to be the community that you, God, want us to be. We love you so much. We give you thanks for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.